Is mainstream school failing your kids? The pandemic, with all the changes to schooling and daily life, is a moment of opportunity to rethink the educational path that works best for you and for your kids. So the question is, how can we as parents find alternative solutions that aren't necessarily having to do it all ourselves or pay for programs that we can't afford? I'm Jerry Kirk. And I'm Graham Kirk. Join us as we talk with families thriving on their own path. We shared practical tips, wins, and challenges they've been through to help you on yours. We interview educational experts and parent entrepreneurs with education solutions for the modern age, so parents wanting a better alternative can make confident, informed choices. Welcome to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. You're ready for change. And so are we. Welcome back to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. And welcome back to my son Graham. Yeah, I've been on in a while. Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been a little bit of time, but uh, we've got a, a great guest for today, and I'm excited to have uh, have you on with me to explore uh, another young guy's uh, journey. It's a it's pretty a fascinating time right now with with what's going on in the crypto space. Uh, Bitcoin reaching a new all time high yesterday, and interesting cryptocurrency is as strong as ever. For sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, just recently you put a big chunk of coin into uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, right? Yeah, I've started setting aside 50% of my income from my podcast agency and investing that into crypto. So uh, yeah, so it's so today's going to be a really interesting conversation. Um, so we've got a young guy, he's 22 years old and currently crushing it with cryptocurrency, um, although he's pretty, pretty humble about it. But uh, and, you know, really... Um, one of the things that's really interesting to me about uh, Jan is he's a guy who likes to say that he trades his time for fun. He's into combat sports, biking, hiking mountains, and uh, DJing parties for his friends. So I was introduced to Jan Haddad recently through a friend who's in the email marketing space. And as I got to know him, I realized that, you know, he's got a story that uh, parents really need to hear. Because, you know, you see, he wasn't, he wasn't your ideal student. You know, he shared how he, you know, he struggled with school, you know, mostly got bad grades and went, even tried university and, and, you know, dropped out after the first year. So he's got a story really of perseverance, of finding his own unique path. You know, he was determined not to settle and ultimately to find a passion to put his time and energy into. And for him, for that moment right now, that passion is crypto. So, you know, kids these days, I think, have an incredible array of opportunities outside the traditional path of post-secondary education. So my question to parents out there is, are we, as parents, are we open to our kids taking an unconventional route? So today, we're going to get to know Jan's story from that struggling student in his early days to the crypto kid on top of the world. And I'm sure it'll inspire all of us out there to help support our kids in becoming their best selves. So, Jan, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the intro. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I mean, we just we just met recently, and I've just been really been enamored with your whole journey, and um, yeah, you're just doing some really interesting things. So, I'm, I'm glad you decided to uh, to join us. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty pretty wild what's going on in crypto right now. How's how's your uh, portfolio doing? My portfolio is very happy right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys can't see the smile in his face, but it's like beaming from, you know, one Zoom yeah. to the other. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been waiting for this moment. In fact, I, 
I even made a post, I think, um, early September, probably. That's when I, I bought back most of my crypto. Because um, obviously, last bull run was uh, in the beginning parts of this year. Uh, when I saw that it was kind of fading off, I sold a lot of my positions and went into more stable coins and stuff like that. Or staking and other options with stable coins. And then I bought back in big um, this September. And I made a post and saying... October is gonna be bullish, right? Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but I reposted it yesterday. I was like, hey, I told you it was gonna be bullish. And uh, <laughs> in fact, it is, so I'm very happy. Yeah, fantastic. So yeah, I'd love to um, kind of dive a little bit into uh, your background a little bit to kind of set up our, our conversation today. So maybe you could tell us a little bit more about kind of your, your family and kind of life growing up. Yeah, so um, where to begin? So. Uh, I, I was I was born in France and I uh, grew up in Italy. So I would say from a very early age, I've had uh, some uh, particular aspects about me. Right, I was I was the the kid from abroad kind of deal, and my parents had a let's let's just say there's a very specific uh, education in Italy, uh, which my parents don't necessarily agree with. So. I was fairly different from uh, all the other kids, I would say. That is that is the main part of of my early childhood. So I imagine was it was it kind of hard? So it was kind of hard to fit in then. Sounds like. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. And just continue about your schooling journey. What did that kind of look like? Yeah. So I had first. I I went to um, private school when I was uh, younger, I believe, till I was. I, I guess the school are, are different, but in here we do like uh, till six years old and then you have five years, three years, and then high school, which is five years. I went in public school before, like in the three years before high school. So I was like 12, I think. And I came from a private school, which was very different. It was, you didn't have grades and it was uh, more about like collaboration and it was overall like a more feminine energy i would say uh compared to what society is uh mainly today which is um more masculine right more built around competition and stuff like that so um yeah it was it was fairly brutal to uh to go back but at the same time i am i also know of people that continued with the other school uh and i am glad that I went to public school even though I hated it I noticed that it gave me an edge compared to the kids that I knew that stayed in the other school because whether you like it or don't society today is mainly based around competition and if you don't learn to like compete and be be the best and and have both energies I would say it's it's gonna be pretty tough out there I see Okay, interesting. So, yeah, and then so you, you also pointed out that, uh, you know, it kind of really struggled with, with academics in, in school. What, what do you think was, was challenging about that for you? So getting good grades was not a challenge for me. Uh, I had two subjects that I really liked, uh, which was art and history. And I had maximum grades in both of those. All the others, I had like the bare minimum I needed to pass basically <laughs> right and I even failed one year actually uh, because I, I didn't go to school I had a certain number of days I wasn't allowed to go 
and I I basically messed up and uh, and and miscalculated the amounts of, of days I could skip. <laughs> and so I had to repeat the year. I hated I just hated going to school. I think I have a fairly strong personality and I like to question things a lot. And school is not a place for you to question things. So I didn't get along with my professors. I I didn't get along with uh yeah, I didn't get along with like the entire system, I would say. Yeah. Just was it really a, a fit for for you as a as a as a person who's Someone who, as yeah. you said, like to question things and so on. So kind of just doing the, the, as you said, like the bare essentials, right? Showing up for the minimum number of days and and just doing what you need to get get by, get past. But not really, not really. You tap into your your passions. Sorry, what was that? But you know, kind of, you're kind of getting by, but you know, at the same time, not really feeling fulfilled, right? Like like as you said, oh. like you just hated it. Yeah, I w- I wasn't fulfilled at all. Uh, it was. So the main thing that my parents taught me and that I that I'll be like forever grateful to them for that is question everything even what we tell you, right? They they were never absolute with what they told me. And even though they were really uh worried about my future, you know, cuz I wasn't I wasn't doing good in school at all. I kind of had this inside me was like this doesn't feel right. I can't do it, right? I I I just it, it just doesn't work for me. I'll I know I could just sit there and study and do it, but I, I just don't like it. I didn't know what I liked, right? So I I just skipped school and did uh, all the dumb things that you do as a teenager, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, DJing parties uh, and... Yeah, uh, parties and drinking and uh, yeah. and um, but, you, but you decided eventually to, you know, when high school finished, you, to, to give university a try. What, what prompted you to... To try the university route what was your thinking at the time i mean having you know at that point school wasn't a great thing what made you decide to give that a shot yeah so i i put my last effort into getting a decent grade in the final exam of high school that we have here and even then i was very disappointed because there were some things that were uh very unfair so I would like it was the the final disgust for me. I was like, oh, I'm so done with school. Like, um, I'm. What, what I'm, do you mean? I'm done. Can, that's can we can we peel that back a little bit? What what was unfair? What, yeah. So? Yeah. So um, I don't know. It, so Italy is a is a very weird country. I would say personal relationships go above anything else, right? So for example, if you can't get something. Normally, you can't get something. Well, in Italy, if you know the right people, you can get it, right? If that makes sense. Yeah. So there were people that... uh, I was in a scientific type of school. So obviously, math and physics were like the main subjects, like the most important subjects. There were people that literally did the exam and did not answer a single question and got a higher grade than me just because, you know, they knew someone that... Wow. was uh yeah was that, saying that, hey that just blatant oh so, yeah it's so obvious yeah they didn't hide it so uh for me it was it was disgusting and i was like i'm so done with this like i i never want to set foot in school again and my plan was to go to australia i was like i'm i'm going to australia that's it but then my parents uh talked me out of it they were like oh you know university is really important you should go to university you should have a piece of paper you know you, you never know what's gonna happen and this and that and 
I always had like a very early passion for marketing. I was reading marketing books since I was like 12. And, and just like overall, uh, since I was very early, I was trying to, to sell stuff to everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or some of your first, uh, your first business ventures. Oh, I, I, so I think my first, uh, huh. I don't know. First, well, first I remember was just organizing parties. Yeah, that was in, in high school though. Before that, I was just like selling t-shirts and uh, like uh, sports cars and stuff like that. But it was, it was not sports really cars, structured. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 12 year old uh, um, sports car dealer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so the parents are like, okay, yeah, it really feel like for your future, university is important. So kind of talked you into to giving that a shot. And yeah, so I found this university that had cool subjects, right, that I, I thought were cool, that I liked. It talked about cinema and and there was art in there and marketing as well. So I was like, oh, wow, this really seems like something that I, that I would like, right? But it was a private university, so really expensive. I mean, not uh, United States expensive. Uh, I would say Europe expensive. But, you know, I, a friend of mine, she was, uh, she was already going there. So I decided to, to go there as well. I was in another uh, city as well, so I had to move and everything. But, but when I got there, I just, I just found out it's, it was more of the same, basically. So I was quickly, uh, as soon as the initial enthusiasm wore off, I was quickly disgusted again, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, feeling like, like a system that you just didn't fit into. Wasn't going to get you where you wanted to go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, wow. So yeah, so then you gave that a shot, come back home, mom, dad, this, this just isn't for me. It's, it's just, it's not, I don't, I'm not passionate about it. It's, 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 um, so then how did they, how do they react to that? And, and how'd you figure out where to go from there? So basically first thing that happened is, well, I was still in the other, cause then I, I moved back in with my parents, but well, I, I was still in the other city my parents were giving me a hand, like financially. I told them, look, I'm, I'm done with the university, right? I'm done. And as soon as they heard that, they were like, well, if you're not studying, we're not giving you money, right? What do you, what do you need the money for? So it was, it was very hard. It was very tough because I, 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 I had a girlfriend there. So I decided to stay uh, and not like come back home. Also because I, w I would have felt too defeated, right? I w it would have felt like a, the ultimate failure. So I, I decided to stay there and for and try to get a job, right? But again, Italy, it's not that simple. Like you gotta know someone. Right, and and not, yeah. not being Italian yourself, I imagine too, that also created certain barriers. Yeah, so eventually I managed to get a job as a waiter. Uh, I was behind on my rent. I was like uh behind on 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 uh, the final school taxes i like i was getting like literally counting the money to buy the food at the discount store and like really making rations of everything i could eat and at the same time trying to maintain an image you know with my girlfriend at the time where you know i wasn't so desperate so it was it was very tough yeah um that is a <laughs> yeah 
but then again, you know, I, I needed that. It was a, it was a nice kick in the ass, right? It wakes you up. I think uh, everyone needs to go through something like that. And and then basically, I decided to just go like try to find what I really wanted to do. So I thought it was marketing at the time. So I I looked at online courses and. Uh, and try to study and watch YouTube videos and and I tried to partner with people to you know because I didn't have any money right so I, how do you start a business if you have no money right I thought you know maybe I could partner with someone and all that and the breakthrough arrived when finally after so many failed attempts I basically someone I had met his dad was starting a new company and he had heard that I was, you know, a smart guy and all that. And he was like, hey, why don't you come in and uh, help us with marketing this new company? And I was like, oh, all right, fine. That's, that's you know, I'd love that. And, uh, and they were like, but, you, you know, we cannot really pay you. We'll pay you based on performance. So, yeah, but then, more, but then that challenge. started. Yeah, uh, I started with that and I started making my first, basically my first uh, money outside of a job with that. That went really well. I still I still work with them to this day, actually. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I think four years went by. Three years went by. Yeah, I left all my other consulting clients, but I've you know they're they're my special clients. I think I've more than fifteen x their business since then. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> what kind of stuff are you um, doing? I was so I was really fascinated by marketing that is like non-conventional marketing. Everyone is talking about online marketing and Facebook ads and YouTube ads and all that. I was more into like, hey, let's build a solid referral system. Let's build, you know, real human connection stuff that transcends any medium and anything that, you know, that ever is. I'm a big fan of Jay Abraham. I don't know if you're familiar. So all his methods, I mean, there were created in like in the 70s and the 80s. So radio was barely there. You know, it's uh, it's like the core principles. Cool. So yeah, so that's, so that was kind of your, your breakthrough moment. So kind of going from, you know, a really tough place to now, you know, starting to bring in some, some real income and so as you're kind of dealing with, with those needs and looking after the girlfriend, sounds like at some point you realized that really wasn't what sparked your, your passion once you kind of looked after those basic, you know, fundamental needs of, you know, putting food on the table and, and uh, buying a girlfriend nice, uh, nice things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was, as you said, like the first step was obviously survival. So anything would have done. Uh, then I... I quickly realized I'm not cut out for consulting whatsoever. I'm very impatient. Uh, I I pretend a lot from people. I I move very fast, and so like consulting was really not my thing because I was getting frustrated with people. I was like, hey, you know, you gotta you gotta do this now. You gotta do it fast. Why don't you get it? Why don't you understand? You know. <laughs> and then also, you know, sometimes I mean, some projects I would get equity in. So it would, it would be a fair compensation. Other times I would just get a fixed, you know, monthly retainer type of thing. So I was like, you know, I, this business has, you know, 2x since we started working, but my pay is still the same. So, you know, they're benefiting from my knowledge way more than I am. Or sometimes it would happen that a business would start doing extremely well. And then they would, you know, tell me, oh, you know, we don't need you anymore. I was like, 
what are you talking about? You know, I, I made you, uh, I brought you to this point. So that's when I started realizing that uh, I wasn't cut out for uh, like consulting. Um, and so I was like, I need to move into projects that I enjoy more that are maybe projects that are entirely mine or that I'm the CEO of and I have like some serious ownership, some serious equity in because that way, you know, I'll, I'll feel more fulfilled with, with the work I'm doing. It sounds like ultimately and just I, having more control and influence over the results as well. Yeah. It sounds like that's a big thing. Curious too, I mean, through all this journey, I mean, that's that's quite a quite a turnaround. Who did you have in your life at that point that was kind of like supporting you and, and, and guiding you or, or mentoring you? Like, was this kind of largely on your on your own or like who did you turn to for, for support as you as you try to, you know, pick things up from a really tough spot? No one really, to be honest. Uh, I don't I don't think I had anyone that fully understood my situation. Just because I, I did a lot of work on like on myself and trying to understand like what what my path would be. I don't think I'm quite there yet, but I I've realized that my my best work is done in a in a place that is different than most people, most entrepreneurs. Most entrepreneurs have a a type of energy that is like a fire type of energy, so it's like where you're, you know, burning down barriers and just getting stuff done and, you know, that that type of aggressive energy which is the part that I struggled with the most. And most entrepreneurs fail or have a hard time with like high level planning and direction and all that, right? They like they push very fast, like 10K a month and then they get stuck or something. Uh, I was the opposite. So I had very ease in planning, but a harder time in action. So... You know, I'd have all these beautiful plans and dreams and, and all sorts of things, but it took me a very long time to to actually make something real out of it. Um, it actually took people trusting me and and realizing that I was good at what I was doing without having, like before I actually had case studies. And like deep down, I know I'm great at what I do, right? But you know, for example, if you had to hire me, you wouldn't know. Like, how could you know? So you would ask me for case studies and stuff like that. I was like, I don't have any. So it, it was, it was, it was long. But I don't know. I guess deep down, I I had the faith. I was like, ah, eventually, I'm I'm gonna crack the code. Eventually, I'm I'm gonna make it. Also, because for me, how I'm made, there's no other option. Like, I know that I I don't have an I I cannot get a job. Uh, I, I had many jobs, but I, I just can't. <laughs> yeah. That, so you, it was clear you had, you had to find your own way. There was no other, no other choice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not to say that like having a job is a bad thing, right? I've, I've had jobs that were nice and I, I enjoy them and I know plenty of people that have a job and love it. I don't embrace this uh, new wave that basically states that entrepreneurship is the end-all be-all and entrepreneurs are the best people on the planet. I don't agree at all. Uh, it's just how I'm made. Yeah. Well, ultimately, I, if, if everyone was an entrepreneur, um, I mean, we wouldn't, <laughs> we wouldn't be able to, to, to build teams, to build companies, right? Yeah. And, you know, not everyone can be an entrepreneur. Um, and thankfully, not everyone is. So yeah, we wouldn't exactly. be able to f fly on planes if uh, nobody wanted to be a pilot or a 
you know. <laughs> yeah. So you know, lots, <laughs> exactly. lots, of, lots of good reasons for, to not to be grateful that not everyone's an entrepreneur for sure. Um, yeah. So I'd love to switch the conversation now into what ended up being your, your passion. How, how did you get from, you know, the consulting world, which you were finding, you know, wasn't quite the right fit, but clearly you were gaining a lot of traction into um, cryptocurrency? Hmm. Yeah. So crypto was this thing that I did on the side that kept bugging me and kept coming back into my life very persistently. And I just kept like pushing aside because like, no, you're a side thing. I have to do this, right? I have to build an agency. I have to build this project out. I have to get more clients. I don't have time for crypto right now. And at a certain point, I did, this was, I think, in May, probably, or April, I don't know. Someone asked me something, and they were like, oh, you know, we got to collaborate on this. I have a group of people, and I think, you know, what, what you do could, could be awesome, right? Because I had some stuff built out for myself in crypto. They're like, oh, we could package this, you know, sell it as a 2K offer, or, yeah, 2K offer, and... You know, we just go live once and we sell it for 2K and I have a large uh, group of people. Let's just throw it out there, see what happens. And I was like, all right, it's not too much effort, right? So I, I can do it while I still work on my business, my real business. Um, and we threw it out there and I believe we sold like 70 or 80 of those. So nice. it was, it was a fairly uh, large amount of money that came in in like two, two or three days. And I was like, "Wow, that's pretty nice." You know, it's a, <laughs> it's it's a nice hobby to have, right? And then these these episodes like repeated themselves a couple of times, and I just realized like I'm working so hard to get clients for my regular business, and I'm working so hard to get gain traction and and you know and create content and do all these things that require my you know, my hard work and discipline. When here, people are just basically throwing money at me and it's something that I do in my free time, right? It's something that I do for fun. I wonder, so, yeah. I wonder if it was was part of the, the mental challenge around this this fun versus uh, work perspective. Like some, some, like you have to work hard in a sense to to be successful, to, to earn money and, and something yeah. that was kind of like a fun hobby wasn't worth investing more more time into it was that was that part of what you were dealing with yes 100 percent. it was exactly that it was i was always told money is hard to make it's difficult to make money you gotta work hard for it like you you can't you can't make 100k in a day right you like it's you you have to work years for that it's it's hard it's difficult it's supposed to be painful uh, until I realized it isn't. <laughs> I realized it, it, it isn't and it, it doesn't have to be. Like I literally, I don't know, like we've met fairly recently, but I'm huge into crypto gaming. I, I have an esports team that play crypto games. I make probably two or three salaries from that, from playing games. You play games yourself? It, I don't, but like, I uh, have a, a, an esports team of people that play, right? Okay. And I pay them 
I have all sorts of costs, but like what's left for me is like the equivalent of two or three salaries from playing games, right? I, I think I could also play myself, right? It's, I think it, it's every teenager's dream. It's like, you know. Yeah, my, um, my, my, son, my son David will be uh, reaching out to you via Instagram or Snapchat real soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I know Graham's got a few questions too around crypto he wanted to find out more about. Yeah, so I was just kind of wondering how you first discovered crypto and then from there, what your first investment was. Yeah, so my first invest investment was in a scam. Uh, it was a <laughs> crypto Ponzi scheme. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I didn't know at the time. I think it was 2016. Uh, and someone explained to me for the first time what a cryptocurrency was. And I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. This is, this is genius. Uh, but then they told me Bitcoin was at $600. Uh, and they told me, ah, you know, it peaked at, at, uh, at $1,200. It's never going to go back up again. Uh, you know, just invest in this one, right? We, this one is better. So I invested in that one. I think I, I, I'm, yeah, I recruited some other people. So I, I think I made my investment back. I didn't really lose anything. But then that project didn't go anywhere. They had a bunch of lawsuits and, and stuff. I think it's still alive. Oh, and yeah. if it ever like comes back alive, I have so much of that that I'll probably like have a few million dollars under my <laughs> in, in my wallet. But I, I doubt it will ever happen. But that's how I got in like uh, that was my introduction to the crypto world. Sounds a little unfortunate, but I guess you learned something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So would you say that was your biggest mistake along the way? Or has anything else happened? In crypto or in general? Uh, both, but I was mainly talking about crypto. So in crypto, oh, I don't know, I've lost so much money. So I guess with, with everything that you do, that is new, or that you're, you're trying to find for yourself, and a lot of stuff in crypto, there is no tutorials, there is no I mean, unless you're doing like very mainstream stuff, which is completely fine. But if you adventure into the borderlands of crypto, uh, very deep into uh, decentralized finance or side blockchains and stuff like that, you, I, I love it there because it's such a free world where anything can, you know, there's no regulation whatsoever. It also means that it, it's full of scams and full of uh, people trying to steal your money and, and stuff like that. So... You know, I, I think I learned certainly the hard way that you need to have some rules set to avoid uh, just like destroying all your all your money, like burning all your money in there. So you know, I, it wasn't my pain, my most painful mistake. I, I I burned so much more money since then, but it's like a tuition fee. It's it's like when you first get into something, you're really excited and and you're gonna buy something that you don't really know anything about. And then be like, oh, you know, that was so dumb. But then again, it wasn't really dumb. It was uh, a way to introduce yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah. And what would you say some of your big wins are then? In crypto? Or in general again? Uh, I, I guess both. Okay. Uh, big wins. I mean, uh, I don't know. I guess what I... What I love so much about crypto, it's it that uh, it's that it feels like 
it's a family, right? It feels like there's even the way me and Jerry connected was very much more unique than you would normally connect for something else. When you normally reach out to people, there's always like the fear of, oh, he's gonna pitch me something or what's going on, right? Whereas in crypto, it's uh, it's more of everyone can make money with this. I can share this safely and I don't need to take anything from you in order for me to make money, right? I don't need to you to invest into something for, for me to make money. It's like, as much as there is a lot of scams and a lot of stuff going on, I feel like it's a it's a wonderful place for that reason. Like there's a lot of community type of feel to it. So I would say my biggest win was just getting into this world, getting a little bit known, right, into this world. And I've made so many amazing connections, uh, even with you guys, right, thanks to this, which I wouldn't have made. And... I don't know. It's uh, it's incredible. Everything's going so fast. I, I've been invited to speak at an event in Dallas in uh, at the end of November uh, with people that are like idols for me. I'm like, I can't believe I would be sharing a stage with these people, right? So yeah, main win connections for sure. I'm curious too. I mean, as you um, as you journey in the crypto space, how how did you go about? You're you're learning. Like how did how did you? I mean, obviously now you've you've really you know become you know, an expert in a lot of ways in in what you are doing. How, how did you go about getting to that place from a learning perspective? Hmm. So I guess it, it really comes down to understanding how I learned. Right. I have I I am very self aware of how the way I learned, and I am I learn more from copying people than from uh, being told what to do or uh, trying to figure out my own way. So I look at what other people are doing, a lot of them, and I just dig very deep. And then I'm very good at piecing everything together and coming up with my own stuff, if that makes sense. So I would say my, like my biggest learning was just looking at successful people and like digging very crypto is a, is a rabbit hole like you like you gotta dig so deep to find the true players but if you find them and you kind of you know hang around and, and copy what they're doing you can understand the underlying mechanisms and at a certain point i mean obviously there's different layers to this world but it, it it's fairly easy to predict right i i said it was it was gonna be bullish around this time and in fact it was i <sighs> It makes me laugh every time I see people doing like technical analysis on crypto, you know, and they're like, oh, this is forming, you know, a reverse head and shoulder pattern that's very bullish uh, on the weekly chart. And I'm like, I don't know, like crypto is very, it's very pop. It's very like you have to be in it and understand the general feel of what's happening more than just looking at a chart. Mm, interesting. So what would you say is your, I'm just kind of, we're kind of curious about your, your investment strategy. And so how do you, how do you choose what to invest in? So I would say my strategy has evolved from adding to removing. Uh, when, when I first started investing, it was like, oh, this project is awesome. Oh, this project is also awesome. Oh my God, this is also amazing. And I had like 200 coins to doing the opposite. So just cutting down and as soon as I see like a, 
like a minimum thing that I don't like, I just remove it and try to keep my holdings around five to six cryptocurrencies that I hold. So I guess there's a few different ways that you can go about, but uh, the main thing is you gotta realize there are steps. The steps that, that we are at right now is everyone's talking about the tech, but no one's here for the tech. Everyone's talking about how Cardano is gonna replace Ethereum, but the truth is nobody even has read the smart contracts of Cardano, right? But everyone's so bullish about Cardano. The truth is everyone now is here for the money. They're not here for the tech. Nobody cares about blockchain, about smart contracts or anything of that sort. Nobody cares about NFTs. Uh, people just heard that with NFTs, you could double your money overnight. And so suddenly they're buying them. Yeah, that's, so, that's the first thing. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Yeah. So I think you got to realize that this is the state of the market right now. And investing in tech is not necessarily the smartest choice. I made a fairly large investment in Dogecoin and I more than tripled my money. Now I don't have any Doge anymore, but so when the, I made it, you wrote the Elon Musk people way. that, yeah, when I, when I made the investment, people that are, you know, technical crypto analysts and stuff like that, they were like, oh, you know, what are you doing? That is a shit coin, you know, it has no real value. I'm like, why do you invest? Oh, you know, for a living, so make money, right? Yeah. So like you're, you're not investing on tech, you're investing for profit. So writing a lot of these so-called shit coins, also Shiba made me a lot of money. Um, it was, <laughs> it's still a, a coin with no utility, except for the fact that it's popular. And this is the phase that we're in right now. So your focus is more on yeah, what people are, are interested in versus, you know, the, the underlying tech so much. Just but uh, what, what's getting people's attention, essentially. Yeah, so I'm gonna give you one of my biggest holding is uh, crypto.com, CRO token. CRO token is uh, fairly low value. I believe it's below 20 cents of a dollar. It's probably being kept that low artificially until they maybe do like a big ICO or something. And they do massive amounts of marketing. They sponsor college athletes, I think college football and college baseball, they sponsor uh, the MMA. Uh, you, MMA world, I, I believe UFC for sure. I don't know if others. Formula One, football. I mean, they're everywhere. And when this bull market happens, it's going to be so massive and so many people are just going to throw in their money that they're going to go to familiar places. And crypto.com has done a very good job at becoming familiar with the general public. So smart. Good tip for everyone listening out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not financial advice, obviously. Uh, of course, yes. Definitely not. <laughs> um, so maybe just to wrap things up a little bit, I mean, I feel like we could chat for, for hours. Um, just kind of curious then, you know, what would you say, you know, kind of like looking back then, or some kind of your, your, your keys to success um, to, to where you've come today? my keys to success yeah and even for like first for say like to try to you know extrapolate this for say you know other other kids other families out there parents who are listening who you know kind of have a gut like a gut feel that maybe you know the traditional path isn't isn't for their, for their kid 
you know, what, what would you, what would you share with them? What would you, what would your advice be for them listening right now? Yeah. So for a parent, honestly, I, I don't know. I have no idea what a, what a parent, what being a parent means and having a, a mini human that you need to take care of. Uh, that sounds scary as hell for me, but, uh, <laughs> I, I can, I can, uh, give more the, the child perspective perspective and yeah it's kind of like what what you know what what would you felt that you 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 got that was really important or or perhaps maybe what you didn't get that that would have been also um equally um helpful for you on your journey your journey i think just just the fact that real for me the main i i talk a lot about this idea that we live in a simulation right uh in like a simulated universe and you don't necessarily have to believe that, but it's, I think it's a good metaphor of how most people live their lives. Like, if you think of a very popular game like GTA, everyone knows, has seen or played GTA. And you look at what's happening inside, there are non-player characters, right? NPCs. that are just moving around and doing automatic actions. And then there's the players that are actually playing in that world. And I feel like most people are willingly choose to choosing to uh, live like NPCs. They're repeating the same actions every day and they're just basically asleep, um, stuck in a loop. And, you know, all those stereotypical things that we say, you know, living for the weekend and all that kind of stuff, leaving for vacation every year. And I think for me, the biggest thing is realizing that if you have faith and try to find your way, there is a space for everyone to express themselves for what they truly want to uh, be and do. And there is abundance in that space when you find it. There, There is a way to just play the game and not being stuck in this loop that basically keeps you slave. Awesome. Yeah. I like the GTA example. <laughs> Pretty easy to understand for me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, it's... Th- like, the biggest thing I have against, and I'm, I'm doing air quotes, but against school is the fact that it just prepares you to to be a robot, right? It, it, just, it just puts you in this automatic loop where you're doing the same thing every day. You... You know, you have the ring bell and you have certain patterns and rhythms. And and if you spend eight hours of your day every day since you're basically four years old till you're basically 30 in a place, right, that you generally don't like, right? So you're four years old and you're going to school and you're 12, 14, 18, 24, depending on what university you do. And you're still going to university and you spend every day you wake up fairly early and you go for eight hours in a place that you'd rather not want to be in when you get out of that and you're thrown into the world you are going to look for something like that which is a job that is your normality that is what like you you have been molded to look for that and it's not necessarily bad but that's what you're looking for right you're looking for somewhere to spend eight hours a day that I don't particularly like and then I can you know get home and do what I truly want to do and I hate that school promotes that as normality because it shouldn't be 
Well, Jan, I mean, your, your story today um, certainly is a great example of how it, you know, things don't have to be that way. And I think more than ever, I think there's so many op- op- opportunities for, for young people, whether it's, you know, crypto is just one of, of, of so many. Um, I hope what parents take away from our conversation today is that it's important to give our kids the space to explore, to try things. I think it is your parents encouraging you to, to question everything right um and and as as you figured out on your journey to ultimately listen to that inner voice and and seek out that passion it may not be clear right away what it is but but through the journey you will find that and and ultimately become more the person that you you want to be along the way so yeah it's it's been a, a real treat to have you today um real inspiration as well and uh Definitely hope we can have some more conversations around crypto as I certainly would love to, you know, I got lots more to learn myself on, on, on my journey. You're certainly someone I'd love to copy from to some degree as, as, as well as my learning style. But uh, Graham, any, any final thoughts too? What, how was your, how was the conversation for you today? It was good. I think some of the stuff that you said at the end really stood out to me, but I also really enjoyed the talk about crypto and how you started your life when you were younger. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for having me guys. And, um, and anywhere people can, uh, get in touch with you if they like to just, you know, find out more about what you're doing or, you know, take, you know, you've got some interesting products and things that you offer as well. Yeah. So I have, um, I have a, a few projects cooking up that are really exciting, especially one is, is going to make a lot of noise in the crypto space for sure. Uh, it's called vein. It hasn't come out yet. Uh, but guess the place I hang around most is Facebook. So if people want to reach out to me in there, it's, uh, you know, always happy to connect with people. Awesome. And we'll, we'll have uh, links to that in the show notes as well. So awesome, Jan. Um, thanks for being on the show today. Real, real pleasure. All right. Thanks for having me.